0: Hi all, welcome to Anime Echoes, so we'll be going through Bakuno Light Novel 9, pages 153 to 167. Oh man, so this scene, I loved it, um, hope you guys did too. So Christopher is driving the car with Ricardo, and he's just like chilling in the back. Um, when Ricardo hears the explosions, uh, right at the beginning, it felt like Christopher and Lamia might meet somehow, and I think we all really wanted Christopher to go there because we want him to like meet Rail. Um, so yeah, it already, like, felt like this is, like, a possibility. Um, yeah, I just wanted to note that, um, but yeah, on another note, I like that we get an explanation on why Ricardo could hear the explosion, and why Christopher didn't. Like, I was wondering how this vampire-looking guy lost in, like, a hearing battle to a little kid. Um, well, here's the explanation. Ricardo's parents were killed in an explosion, and because of that, um, Ricardo is more attuned to the sounds of bombs or explosions, so, like, it's like trauma induced superhearing, basically. Um but yeah, it's um it's really it's an interesting way to explain why a kid would pick up on a noise more than a hitman would. Um, I, I think. <laughs> also I like that um as we're getting closer to the um the explosion, you could tell that Christopher was getting more and more thrilled and um just about to be like super excited and he was so excited that he was okay with endangering Ricardo a little bit, even though he's his bodyguard. So this is Christopher, so He's strong, so nothing would happen to Ricardo anyways, but, like, basically what I'm trying to say is, like, he's very okay with just kind of, you know, going into danger. Now, as I was reading this scene, something came to me from God. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I just made some connections, and here's what I think. So, Raul uses explosions and bombs. Ricardo's parents died from a bomb. Someone from the Russo family named Sildaris and his lackeys died from a bomb three years ago explosions um explosions and bombs are really, like a theme here could Sildaris be like Ricardo's dad or something or you know could he be his yeah could he be his dad um like the incident was three years ago and Ricardo is pretty young so even if he says that he was still a child I don't know maybe it was was that three years ago I, I don't know like I feel like the timeline's not really adding up uh, um, but apparently it was a dispute in the Russo family uh, but the family denied it. Now, so here's my theory, basically. Did Placido, so the Don of the Russo family, have, like, a falling out with his son and his son's wife and then blow them to bits? Like, is that what happened? Is that how uh, Ricardo lost his parents because Placido is a piece of shit? Um, If this is the case, then I think Placido is being built up as a pretty good villain of sorts. Like, he's not just going to be, I don't know, some guy who thinks immortality will change his life and give him confidence, um, he's gonna be like someone that we want Ricardo to kind of get vengeance against. Uh, but yeah, I'm kind of keen to see what what this like uh with what this connection between Sildaris dying to a bomb and his parents dying to a bomb actually means. Anyways, uh, moving on. <laughs> the way Christopher asks if um Ricardo is more sensitive to bombs after he uh, after Ricardo's parents um basically died from them is kind of hilarious and fucked up he's like is this one of those things where your trauma gives you hyper attention to something like it was like super tactless but it didn't make me laugh it was good um and christopher's he's pretty funny like he has like dark humor which i like um another one is like a goodness gracious um when trauma is the motivation people sure do act fast like he just you know he's just making light of things in a very tactless way um and there's something cool about it i think and um, because we know that Ricardo doesn't care, right? Um, like, he just answers Christopher directly without any hesitation. It doesn't, like, the jokes don't affect him whatsoever. So I think this shows even more that they have a pretty good friendship, you know? It's like, um, like you know, you're really good friends with someone if you can joke about something, like, personal. Um, so I think this is, like, even more evidence that they have a pretty good bond going. Um, now, like, to the really good stuff, um, both Christopher and Ricardo hear an explosion. And they're moving towards the explosion now, and so anyway, reading this scene was so good. I was I was getting hyped because I knew Christopher and Rayle were going to meet. Um, I was honestly like really excited to see this happen because I really like both Rayle and Christopher. Um, anyway, so Ricardo sees a small person on the floor, laid out, and when it's revealed that that person has a silver coat, you know, it was done deal. Like no one has that style other than Rail. Anyway, finally, they meet. And honestly, the way the next part is written, where Christopher sees rail, was just perfect. Um, so I'm just going to read it out for you guys. It, like, I think it's that, it's that good. Um, so he involuntarily breaks into a run. He locked all his questions away in the depth of his heart just for a moment. Then scooping the child's motionless body, he called the boy's name with a look of disbelief. Right? So, so fucking good. Um like, what was so good as I was reading through it, it, like, it felt like I was, um, like, um, I almost, I knew what was going to happen, so I'm not saying it was, like, predictable or something, like, I was excited because I, like, knew what the next scene was going to be, like, um, like, I think the author did a pretty good job um, of making us feel connected to Rail and Christopher at this point, so hearing that Christopher acted involuntarily, like, his body just moved on its own, and he was, you know, looking on in disbelief, like, you can feel just how much they care for each other. Like the, you know, the sensitivity. So I thought it was like such a good scene and I loved it personally. And I don't know, I don't, I don't know if my emotions are normally high for this scene or for this moment, but personally, this one really got to me. And um, yeah, there was a lot of evidence that they were going to meet in this novel. Um, like for us, knowing that Christopher was the one who was by rails side when he was getting like experimented, experimented upon and rail cared about Christopher and uh, and both of these guys and the rest of Lamia seem to yearn for connection and friendship and then with the added dimension of Lamia being like kind of like a tightly knit group that goes against Huey's awful you know dehumanization of them even though they work for him like just all those layers kind of came together i feel like in this moment and i thought it was really heartfelt i thought it was really good um yeah i hope you guys liked it just as much as i did cuz i i love this scene now the next scene was a good one Um, It's with Carol and the Vice President after they got taken away by Creek. Now they're in the Russo family house. Uh, The Don of the Russo family is questioning why they're connected to Rail and Frank, um, the Lamia members that this family is basically chasing. Um, This scene was an interesting one. It was mostly set up and it helped move the plot forward for us. Um, One thing I liked is the Vice President not losing his cool at all when interacting with Placido. Like every time Placido or Creek tries to be Dicks, he just plays it off really well and seems pretty unbothered. He doesn't mince his words for them and he has bowls of steel, basically. I feel like we can, you know, feel the strength from the vice president, you know, emanating from him. And we're told that the vice president has different modes he can be in when he's talking with people. He has a journalistic persona when he's talking, um, He's talking like pretty straightforward and just speaking facts. Then there's the one where he uses to talk to customers. He tends to talk more polite so as to not to like insult them. I thought it was um, I thought it was nice to see Carol noticing the different modes that the vice president can take on. Like we know she has worked under him for a while, so it makes sense that she can actually see like patterns of his behavior. I do think uh, Saint Germain has high intelligence when it comes to socializing. The moments where his life was in danger for saying like the incorrect line, like he makes sure to give the answers that Placida wants to hear, so you know, so that they don't die. So his social capabilities are pretty insane. Um, what's more impressive is um his nerves. I think though, like to be able to turn your kidnapper into your customer is pretty <laughs> pretty remarkable. Um, the way he entices Placida with uh, like information that he has under wraps is pretty smart. Like he knows the leverage that he has. Um, and the leverage is the information being um, the lad's suit jacket on the flying pussyfoot uh, was initially placido's, and lad's crimes could have been associated with placido because of that jacket. Um, now we know that was never allowed to be known, though. No, though we know it is uh, fundamentally like incriminating evidence to placido. You can tell just by how much he doesn't want that information to get out. His um, his surprise and frustration was really telling to us um about how much he just doesn't want that info to get out. So eventually, Placido does get interested um into like other other information that he could have, information that would finally reveal who the people that insulted the Russo family would be. So now we're jumping back to like other novels, like other incidents with the Russo family. Now we know too well he feels disrespected, or he feels that the disrespect was way too immense. Now, naturally, the vice president does, um, he makes do with the sale and tells Placido that the two pair of robbers that lifted cash was Isaac and Miria. So now we have Isaac and Miria in danger from the Russo family. Um, I thought they would be out of this novel, but it seems Naruto wants to bring them back in. Or maybe this is like set up for the next novel. Um, also, the vice president gives Isaac and Miria- Miria's names pretty readily. Um, he's not particularly concerned about endangering them. I mean, we don't want them to get hurt, but to be fair, he doesn't know them. Um, But it's not just that. Like, we find out that the vice president, for all intents and purposes, is amoral in his dealings with customers. Like, he doesn't bring morality into it. Like, he's not trying to be a good person. As Carol mentions, he's not picky about who he takes on. He deals with information like a machine, like no room for justice or good and evil. I like that Carol, like, idealizes um like this aspect about the vice president but then also fears it i think that makes sense like it would make sense to idealize the tenacity to always make a sale but i think we can all um i think we all would fear someone who doesn't care about the impact the information they have could have on the rest of society or other people um i just want to add one more thing for you guys um there's a line stating that carol doesn't understand the intentions of the vice president for introducing carol ...to the Nebula chairman. And honestly, that scene was pretty odd. Like, don't you think? Like, they like they both go to see him... And then we see that... And then we see none of it at all. Like, I thought before Narita did that to save time. Now I'm thinking that there might be something more in that for us. Like, is the Vice President planning something? Like, I don't think it's, like, nefarious or anything like that. But yeah, I'm intrigued why... Narita made sure that we didn't actually see that interaction. Well, like who was the chairman, you know? Um anyway, lastly I really enjoyed Carol sticking up for Rail and calling him her friend to Placido. It was good to see that despite how short of time they spent together, um we can tell that there was a real like connection formed. Um the vice president uh, praising her for that was also really nice to see. Um and I agree she deserves points for being so bold. Um, I think we can all agree that she was kind of being like a badass in that moment. Though now Placido is going to use her against Rail and Frank after they capture them. That's Placido's plan. Um, Yes, that's less good. Um, So he puts Carol with Lua um, and the vice president on his own, and won't let them out for a couple of days, and that's kind of how the scene ends. Um, I just want to add that the line about the information about Lad's jacket that had Placido like deeply disturbed... The vice president saying that information was too trivial to charge was pretty badass. Like that's a pretty boss line. Like the thing that makes you shit your pants. I didn't even give a fuck about. Um, hope you guys um like that line as much as I did. But yeah, overall just really good scene. Um, mostly set up with uh, some nice moments for the vice president and um, and Carol as well. And I'm very excited to see Lua and Carol interacting. We haven't gotten much from Lua. Um, Also with Christopher finding Rail on the floor unconscious, I wonder if he'll bring him back to the Russo family not knowing that they're chasing after Rail. Like this will make Rail and Carol meet up too and then it would force Christopher to have to protect them which in turn would force Ricardo to rebel against the Russo family like fully. So hoping something like that happens for us, like I think that would be interesting. Also Lua connecting with Carol is a pretty odd mix of personalities. We haven't seen Lua in ages, so keen to see what she's thinking. Um. Anyways, um. Yeah, that's my thoughts on this scene. Um. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Now, the next scene is a short one. It's just Lua and Carol meeting each other, and it's kind of just this awkward response. I'm pretty sure you felt the awkwardness in this scene. Uh, I did think the image of Lua smiling eerily at Carol was really well drawn. Um. It's said that Lua is really pale, and she really gives the vibe of someone whose bl- like blood has been drained, and they have like dead eyes or something. I don't know if that's mean to say but either way, that's basically what that scene was. Now, thank you for everyone for listening. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at Anime Echoes, That's two words. And if you could leave a review or a like, that would be really helpful. Okay, thanks again and have a good one. Bye.